Welcome to Check It Out, a Westerville Public Library podcast where librarians share what we like and where you can find it. I'm Jordan, an adult services librarian. I'm Megan, an adult services librarian. And I'm David, supervisor of the Innovation Lab. I've got an icebreaker for us today. Sounds great. Let's hear it. All right. So I want to know what is something that someone could do or say within the first five minutes of a date that would have made you get up and leave? I know we're all married, but pretend that yeah. you're still dating people. <laughs> so like it's right, a hypothetical. Like right now, if like the the version of us that we are, like if we went on a date today. I mean, I guess you could think about it however you want. You could think yeah. about it when you were younger and single, or if you, you know, were you and had never met your significant other for mm-hmm. whatever reason and, and we're still single. What is a thing that's an automatic deal breaker, basically? Um I would I would definitely have said when I was younger, if someone started a date and was like, oh, I hate Blink-182, I would be like, okay, then we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> because I had such a strong identity tied to the music that I liked, yeah. at yeah. least when I was younger. And today, like, I've definitely eased up on that. But I think even now, if someone was like, I hate Blink-182, I'd be like, hmm. <laughs> Okay, that's a weird place to start in this date. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because uh, the reason I kind of asked that clarifier because I feel I was kind of in the same boat. I felt like so much of my personality was tied into the things that I liked. I kind of mentioned that in the mm-hmm. previous episode about, you know, high fidelity and that sort of yeah. mentality because I really was along the same lines. Like, this person had to like these types of movies, these types of music. And I think if I had to think about it now, like if I was dating right now, I think either someone with way too strong of an opinion on something like that, like inflexible, mm. I think is uh, would be like kind of a deterrent where, you know, someone at this age now in their 30s wouldn't have seen that sort of like silliness of that sort of rigidity. And then on yeah. the flip side, someone that like, you know, you have the people that say, you know, I guess I like music, but then you can't really talk about what they like, you know? <laughs> Or just mm-hmm. say, like, I don't really I listen, listen to, to music or anything like that. Like, I think that that sort of, yeah. like, other end of the pendulum would be very difficult to kind of ha- converse with if someone couldn't really pinpoint things that they like in terms mm-hmm. of art or any sort of thing like that. Like, they don't have to be super specific. They can be across the board. But if they couldn't say some of the things that would be uh, have, have a hard time. Uh, conversing with that person. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, you don't need to like all the same music, but if that's Absolutely, something yeah. you're really passionate about, being completely unable to t- talk to them about that would be a real bummer. Yeah. Right. Even if all your conversations turned into debates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what about you? For me, a deal breaker would be somebody who told me they hate dogs. Mm. I'm a huge dog person. And I mean, most of my friends are cat people. So it's not like. Oh, I always thought you were human. um i just love dogs i've always known that i wanted to live with dogs so like i could be friends with somebody that doesn't like dogs but i know that i would never be able to become romantically involved with somebody who hates dogs because that's like basic level living situation that immediately off the bat wouldn't work and for me it's it's not negotiable. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, yeah, you'd ha- I, I can't even imagine how amazing and how attractive you'd have to be to overcome that. <laughs> I don't think that person <laughs> exists. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I'm glad you can at least be friends with someone who doesn't like dogs. Uh, I, I'm just saying that as a general statement, not, be, <laughs> yeah. not because it's um, not because you hate dogs. I'm not, not to incriminate myself. Um, I, let's move on to our picks. <laughs> Jordan, would you go first? I would love to. My pick today is going to be Animorphs. Oh. Which is available <laughs> as audiobooks on Hoopla. The first 10 books are on Hoopla as audiobooks. And then there are a ton of ebooks available on Ohio Digital Library through Libby or Overdrive. So, did either of you read Animorphs uh, when you were kids? I did not, but my brother loved them. I didn't read a mm. whole lot, but I did read quite a bit. Cool. I think after the show had come out. Oh yeah, dude. I so when I was a kid, my my slightly older cousin always influenced me in like what to read. Like whatever he was reading, I was like, oh, I'll start reading that too. So Goosebumps was the big one mm-hmm. uh, to start with, and then Animorphs a few years later, and I just dove straight into those. And I like had I was like just such a a fanatic for for Animorphs. And when they said the show was coming out, I was like so stoked. And like I recorded every episode on uh, VHS, <laughs> and it was it was amazing. So going back now, I recently listened to the to the audiobook of the first book from the Animorph series, and it's less than four hours. Oh. First of all, so that's yeah. cool, and it was it kind of held up. Uh, it was <laughs> pretty good. So if you don't know what Animorphs is, it's about like five teens ish, or at least kids who on their way home from the mall find a dying alien and they're given the power to transform into animals in order to save the world from these alien brain slugs who have infested society uh, and they're walking among you like them it's kind of like that yeah but, yeah, but for definitely. kids well and plus the changing into animals part but like the alien part <laughs> is like them yeah it's like that and there's not like a 12 minute slug out in the alleyway just oh, to put on a pair of glasses well, that's, that's a major strike against it right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> It still manages to be pretty good, though. They slug out in a different way, right? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Get the slug out of your head. That's amazing. Accidental puns are the best kinds of yeah. puns. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> So um, my only qualm with the audiobook that I listened to was that they made Tobias sound like a nerd, whereas Tobias was always my favorite character. <laughs> that might that might say more about you than it does yeah. about the narrator. <laughs> hey, hey, listen. <laughs> okay, all right, whatever. We're gonna we're gonna keep moving. So yeah, you can find Animorphs on uh, on on Hoopla or on the Ohio Digital Library. And check it out. Check it out. For my pick today, I am going to recommend a movie called Loving Vincent. It is available to stream on Hoopla. It's a movie about Vincent Van Gogh, kind of, I think it's loosely based on material from the the book. He's called Love Theo, about his relationship with his brother. He was really close with his brother, Theo. Theo mm. basically like bankrolled his artistic career and was the only <laughs> stable relationship that he had in his life because he was an extremely mentally ill man. So it's, it's kind of an examination of the days leading up to the last day of his life. Um, supposedly 
reportedly he committed suicide, which I don't know. The the film takes kind of a speculative turn, I guess, uh, where they speculate that actually basically like some bully kids in the neighborhood shot him and to protect them because he didn't want them to like go to prison. He acted like he had shot himself. Mm. The story is fine, but the reason that I'm recommending it is because it is one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, if you've seen a scanner darkly, they oh, use yeah. kind of a similar technology where um, in a scanner darkly they filmed the whole thing, but then they drew over, like they made animation over it. Yeah. So they did that in Loving Vincent, but instead of just like animating it or, or drawing it, they got three hundred artists trained in the style of Vincent Van Gogh to paint over every single frame of the film. Wow. It ended up taking over 65,000 frames in oil paints. And the way that they do it is that at the beginning of the shot, they'd paint the whole scene. And then as the scene changed, they would paint on top of it to reflect oh. like the changes that were happening. So it is just visually gorgeous and the way that they went about making yeah. it is really impressive so yeah just uh, honestly i'm mostly recommending it for the visuals it's just a really neat way to make a movie i've never it's apparently the first fully painted film ever <laughs> wow yeah um so check it out it's, that's really really cool isn't that cool um it's called loving vincent and you can stream it today on hoopla thank you check it out all right. Um, so for my pick today, I want to talk a little bit about um, a show that I really was infatuated with uh, for a while. Just because really it's about a dream. It's about the dream of the 90s being alive in Portland. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to talk about the first two seasons of Portlandia, yes. the uh, sketch comedy show that was on IFC hosted by both uh, Carrie Brownstein and uh, Fred Armisen. So you, you can get the digital collection of both seasons one and two together through the Ohio Digital Library, which is uh, awesome. They're also individually available on there, along with um, looks like a book about the making of the show. Um, but this was a show when it came out, for those who are unfamiliar with it, a very sort of self-referential look at a city that was kind of known for its quirkiness. So not only, you know, are there things that obviously people that are familiar with that town would be able to see, but just anyone in a sort of general hipster-esque sort of vibe. Certainly Columbus has that. A lot of other cities do. So anyone that could recognize sort of the imposed artificiality of some certain situations, um, it was great because the show was able to kind of really convey that. Especially, you know, it came out in 2011. Uh, there's a lot of great sketches that so much reflected um, things that were so uh, accurate. For instance, the put a bird on it sort of mm -hmm. meme that kind of grew from that. The idea of look, these people own a shop and they're trying to sell these canvas bags or t-shirts or whatever and it's called oh, let's put a bird on it and because that was so indicative of that time people uh either via like you know they were getting their first generation crickets or just trying to uh, do their own sort of uh, homemade things uh paper crafts things of that nature it was so uh common to see like birds and other sort of just general sort of uh imagery there the other um season two uh sketch where they go into song talking about a girl that they know is now making jewelry was another thing that kind of really struck a chord as uh, even my own wife kind of fell into a phase there wow. where she was like, oh, I'm going to take a stab at making jewelry. And yeah. I remember like that maybe happened like a two years before that episode came out and we're sitting there watching the episode <laughs> and it was just cracking us up because it was very much to the point 
Um, another great thing about the show, obviously, uh, I mentioned the two sort of main uh, actors. They work as sort of like assistants to the mayor of the town, which is played by Kyle MacLachlan, known um, mostly for his, uh, or mainly for his role in Twin Peaks. But mm-hmm. the, uh, the first season uh, two have, you know, uh, various um, cameos by people like Selma Blair, Steve Buscemi, Jason Sudeikis, uh, Aubrey Plaza. It was my first sort of introduction to Kumail Manjani. Uh, he plays this cell phone salesman in a really oh, funny right. sketch that like, as soon as I saw him in that skit, I, I remember like, I was like, this guy, this is so, so funny. And then being so aware of what he was later on as uh, he went on and did uh, uh, the meltdown and obviously um, Silicon Valley now, um, you know, doing movies is the now part sick. of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. Um, is totally ripped now. But, uh, <laughs> right. but, uh, but yeah, it was just, um, like I said, it, for me, especially those first couple of seasons, I remember just being so infatuated with them. Uh, so I definitely recommend you check them out. Season one and two of Portlandia, available through the Ohio Digital Library. Check it out. That's going to do it for us this week on Check It Out. Megan and David, thank you for being here. Thank you as always. Yeah, thank you for having us. And thank you for listening to Check It Out. We'll be back soon with another episode and more picks for you to check out. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.